Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Rose partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro.co slash clink listeners did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year and if that's not bad enough most cleaning formulas are 90 percent water which is heavy to ship leading to excessive carbon emissions plus those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia that's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet nobody's trying to have that enter blue land blue land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refill start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Up in here. Up in here. Dallas Glory. Big D. I finally got my voice back, you guys. It was real rough this morning. Yeah. We had the time of our lives, by the way. Pretty much did. It's going to be a, a while. Oh, a while till you get your ass back here or what? Till I go out again? Oh, yeah. My whole body needs to recover. I know. So, you guys, we had a meetup. Thank you all who came. So fun. Seriously, the ladies were so nice. And we took the party on. Like, we kept two of them hostage. And we went to the speakeasy bar and to the piano bar and Gretchen even got a little frisky with herself. Is that what you call it? I, well, I don't know. I don't know how much you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, if you want to leave some of it to the imagination. Oh, of the no, I have. I No, I have no shame. It was it was one of my dreams. It's always been to, you know, some girls dream. What do I, what do normal girls dream about? Meeting Prince Charming. Cute boys. Mm-hmm. Chanel purses. Right. I always wanted my one of my bras on one of those 
things like, it, you know, that kind of bar, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, where they're hanging the bras. Yep. And this bar actually had hanging bras and on bullhead. Of course. Mm-hmm. Right. And something came over me and I thought tonight's the <laughs> night. All my dreams are going to come true. And, and of did. course, of course, my bra did not make it on there. <laughs> it didn't. Not at, not it right away. It, not right away. It made it onto the lap of someone barely old enough to get inside the bar. A fine young man who wore a hat that said he snorkeled butts. <laughs> it said <laughs> butt snorkeler. And then he <laughs> he wore my damn bra for the rest of the night until finally the very sweet server said. I got you, girl. I'm going to get it up there. She did. I have a video of it. And they did. And what's it? It's mine. If anyone wants to see it, it's the red one at Louis Louis. Louis Louis piano bar. The red bra up on the bowl is Gretchen's bra. Please no one tell my husband I did that. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) I might have some explaining to do. So what we're saying is it was a good night. (laughs) It was a good night. We were on fire. Oh, I even got up on the piano bar. And shit, yeah. I started playing the piano. I was one of the. Uh, she did. Yeah. God, I was so impressed how you did that. I know something got something came over me. I was like, the piano is open, and the other guy's singing over there. He oh. needs a partner. She gets. This is how life works. She gets up there, starts playing the damn piano, and everyone applauds. I stood up on a stool while I was trying to get my bra on the thing, and security <laughs> is like, no, ma'am. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Great falsifier. What are you going to do? I don't know. It's old ladies up in the club with the 20 year olds, you guys. It was mom's gone wild. Mom's gone wild. That's right. Anyways, you guys, we'll do it again soon. One of these days. We will. I really enjoy the people here. Oh, they're They're much nicer. Sorry, California. Everyone's like so into themselves. Like uh, we talked to everybody. Everyone was so freaking nice and fun. I know. So true. They know how to party in Dallas. I'm telling you, I'm very happy that we moved here. I might actually encourage other people to move here just by talking about how so great it is. You know, it is pretty good. I needed another cup of coffee. Anyways, guys, we stayed out till 3 a.m. Also, now we're doing doing our case. And are you ready for it? I'm ready. Give it to me. I'm going to give it to you. All right, you guys. Today is the case of Kristen Smart out of Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. We have covered a little bit of this case. Um, Actually, if you remember, Gretchen, we covered a little bit in our very first episode ever, ever, ever. Ever, 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 ever. And you can hear this very first episode on Patreon. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was our very first episode. We have gotten a lot better in everything. Oh, good. Including audio. So, okay. okay. So this is like it. This Just, is like an encore. Or maybe a do-over? No, it's not a do-over because I just mentioned her name in the la- in our first case was about two girls that went missing in Cal Poly and they found the murderer and they found the girls. They also yeah. thought that Kristen might have been part of that dual murder, but That's she right. wasn't. She is a whole different case that happened two years prior. So her name got brought up. Also, Kristen has always been on my mind because that's where I went to college. And so I knew about it. So when Chris Lambert from the podcast, your own backyard did a full, you know, investigative discovery of this, um, we had him on and you can listen to that episode. We did an interview with him and you guys might've already listened to it. So you guys have some sort of idea about this case. But it's so current. Her name is in the news all the time. People are always sending me something. So this is a good refresher on the details. That's right. So hopefully it's not overkill because it's a real hot topic right now, but I thought it would be a good one just to go over. So anyhow, I got a lot of my information from Chris's podcast. So I want to just let everybody know 
Uh, he took, I mean, he really did take a crazy deep dive. The information that he found out is not online because it's an, it's still an active case and it's really hard to get information if a case is not closed. So he's done. Well, I read he interviewed some people that the police didn't interview. He did. Isn't that crazy? He doesn't have three kids to homeschool. He doesn't have children and he's not married yet. Right. He's a young buck. Okay. okay. So thanks for doing all that. Um, also, if you have hours to listen to a podcast, which some people love, like those multiple episodes, his is great. Bingers. If you want it is, it's wrapped up real quick in one hour, stay Turn tuned. Turn us on. Yeah. So let's start with Kristen. She was 19 years old, a freshman at Cal Poly, which is short for California Polytechnical State University or Polytechnic State University. That's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. It is also where I got my college journey started at the ripe old age of 18. So I'm real familiar with all these places that Kristen frequented, the parties she attended, the streets she walked, and the dorms she lived in, because I also walked those streets, partied at that same house she was at, and lived in a real close dorm to her. The year was 1996, just two years before I stepped foot on that campus. She was from Stockton, California. Are you familiar with Stockton? Oh, yeah. You are? Have you been there? There's a show called Sons of Anarchy, which I'm sure you haven't watched. It's about the Hells Angels. Not the Hells Angels. A biker gang? Moat biker gang. Okay. The rest of America did watch that show. Yeah, because there's a real hot guy on that show. Oh, he's so hot. Uh Yeah. I know. I know. I did actually watch a couple episodes. It's, It's good. People actually. Yeah, and I've driven through there. You got to drive through it, get into NorCal. Yeah, yeah. I've driven through it. Okay, so from what people said was Kristen was a bit shy before getting to Cal Poly. This is part of her description that's kind of confusing to me because they also classify her as a free spirit, love to have fun. She went to Hawaii by herself to be a camp counselor for the summer. So. That's cute. Yes, but how is she shy? I'm like, it doesn't seem like she would be shy to do that. seems like you're pretty outgoing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So she also loves sports like volleyball and swimming. And at six foot one, I can only imagine that she was awesome at both of those. Oh, she was not a bench warmer like myself. She was good. She was. And she was blooming to become a real disco biscuit. She's a cutie. When she first got into Cal Poly, she did not live in the dorms on campus and her roommate, she lived in these dorms like off campus, you know, and her roommate wasn't really like her. So the school life kind of sucked. So she put herself on the wait list to get into the dorms where it's kind of more fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And after Christmas, after the Christmas break, she got on campus and it's better There's people like there's a social scene there, you know, like the dorms have like one congregating area with rooms all around it and then like a bathroom in the middle. So you're always around people and it's a better way to meet people. So anyways, it seems like she moved in half the year. She was happier in that dorm, but I also think she didn't get that first true experience of meeting like your best friend or a group of girls So she was down and out for school. Her grades were not looking so hot and she had to work. She was a lifeguard. And according to her mom, she had a 5 a.m. shift. So I can only imagine getting up super early, lifeguarding, school, homework. She's probably pretty tired. Yeah. Her mom says that Kristen was going through some funk at this time and she had even written Kristen a letter saying, Hey girl, my dearest daughter, I'm just, you know, paraphrasing. We got to learn from our mistakes and move forward in life, which I think is real cute for a mom to do that. That's sweet. Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, So it's now Memorial weekend, almost the end of her freshman year. And 1996, Kristen was ready to party. Kind of like us last night, Gretchen. Shoot. Her roommate was out of town. And so she hit up her friend Margarita from the dorms and was like, 
girlfriend, let's do this. Margarita, Margarita. was not, not so into it. Margarita was like, eh, you know, she's, she's kind of like some of our other friends. She didn't live up to her name? No. She did not, actually. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> she's not drinking the margaritas. How can you not? I, I mean, See, you got to be a good time if that's your name. I know, right? Well, I think she tried. She was like, okay, let's go, Kristen. So they found a couple other girls, and they drove around looking for a good time. They go to this party. It's dead. And so the other girls were like, we're out. So Margarita kind of hung with Kristen. They went to find another party. It's a super small town, college area. So sometimes you can just like wander the streets and stumble upon a party and they're going to let girls in. Kind of like they let oh, us yeah. into the bar. <laughs> so. they, we didn't have to bribe them or anything. <laughs> we should disclose we probably were the oldest people there. Last night for sure we were. The night yeah. before there was a class of 1986. They were fun though they were throwing down i'm telling you they were a lot more fun than those young kids they knew how to do it listen i think it's the older the better i approached these ladies and told them you guys know how to party i'm gonna ditch my friends if you don't mind and just dance with you (laughs) yeah they were they were loving it true story high high kicks okay so this particular night actually wasn't going off in cal poly because i think a lot of the kids left for the weekend go to like Nassimeno or camping or whatever college kids do on those long weekends. Mm -hmm. So Margarita and Kristen were dropped off and they kind of just walking the streets and Margarita's like, Kristen, I can't find anything. We can't find a party. Like I'm over it. I'm tired. I want to go back. And Kristen is kind of like me. She's like, no, we are going to find something. Like I am ready to get my group on. Kind of like you were last night too, though. And so Margarita's like, listen, Kristen, you forgot all your shit and your keys. I'll give you my key to the dorm. Make your way back. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they turn separate ways. Margarita walks back to the dorm room around 10 o'clock at night. And Kristen starts looking around and sure enough guess what she finds herself a party hot damn hot damn did i mention margarita gave her the key she put the key in her shoe because she was wearing these roxy board shorts they were like shiny roxy board shorts i had them do you remember these shorts you might have even had some they're like Board shorts. I still, short shorts. I still wear board shorts. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but these particular ones were super shiny. So people thought they looked like vinyl. Um, and I don't think I had these ones. I know it. And I don't think they had any pockets. If they had, they had like that little tiny small pocket in the back. But I don't even think at that point they had Velcro. Wasn't that advanced yet. Okay. So she puts the key in her shoe. Kristen's wearing those shorts, crop top, and some tennis shoes. She had recently dyed her long blonde hair brown. And she finds a party about an eighth of a mile from where Margarita left her. It was at a frat house, like an unofficial frat house, but everybody knew it was like fraternity guys living there. Okay. She walks in, and of course, the guys are like, yes, fresh faced beauty, come party with us. It wasn't a huge party, like not a big frat party. It was like, 10 people probably when Kristen got there and throughout the night, maybe 40 people total showed up, probably more like 30, probably no more than 20 at a time. Chris from your own backyard interviews a guy actually that was at the party that recalls Kristen being there. He's also interviewed by the police a couple times. So this guy says, yeah, like Kristen came in, but listen, she introduced herself as Roxy. To everybody at the party. Okay. First of all, that's a hot name. <laughs> that's a fun name. It is. A that's fun. a good, cho- that's a good choice of alter ego names. It is. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I think that maybe you shouldn't have an alter ego name while you're by yourself somewhere. I know why you do it, but 
Yeah, you want to get your Sasha Fierce on. <laughs> yeah. Like Beyonce, I got my Beyonce on last night. Oh, you, you guys did. missed it. You did. Okay, so this guy, he's one of the party goers. He's willing to talk. He's willing to talk actually more than others. And when I listen to his interview, I see a few red flags stick out to me. But after the investigation, I just think this guy just is like wants to be heard, but doesn't really have any information. Mm. Okay. So this cat sees Kristen, says immediately she walks up to him. He's drinking his Bud Light, which I question after 25 years. You remember the beer you're drinking? I can't even remember the beer I drank last night. First red flag. Stella. Oh, you drank mm-hmm. a Stella. Yeah, that's right. So she, she introduces herself as Roxy. He says he remembers the vinyl shorts that she was wearing because everybody was referring to her as vinyl shorts girl that night. And then he says that Kristen just kisses him out of nowhere. Okay. Then she pulls him into the bathroom where he's probably thinking he's going to get lucky. And she starts putting on makeup and asking if she's pretty. And then asking him about a base, a basketball player that was there. That was his friend who's now he's assuming she was interested in. My thing is like, where did Kristen get the makeup if she had the key in her shoe? So his story to me is a little bit off. Like he remembers a little too much detail. Yes. Something about that doesn't ring true. Like he's, it sounds like he's feeding his ego a little bit to be like, she, yeah. I think so. She kissed also. me and then pulled me in the bathroom. Like, okay. I also don't hear any like sympathy in his voice when he's telling the story. He kind of tells it like, I'm the macho guy. And I'm like, we all know she's missing. You know, it's not, it's, and she's 99.9999% dead. So, and he knows this. I mean, he's doing this interview like months ago. So anyways, like his interview was helpful, but I don't think it really is helpful. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. she named herself Roxy, which she actually did a lot. She would sign emails, Roxy, Trixie, and sometimes other names. Okay. It doesn't make for people to remember who you are when you go missing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a problem. So when they're like, Kristen Smart is missing, she was last at a party, they're like, we don't know Kristen. We met some girl named Roxy. Uh, Yeah. And then she had dyed her hair brown and all the pictures were her blonde. So they're like, wait, I don't don't even know if that's the same girl. Right? Right. So Kristen seemed to be seeking some attention that night, acting a little bit out of control, because not just this guy said that, but... There were some other party goers that kind of said the same sort of thing about her behavior. I say it is odd for someone that just stumbles upon a party alone. And so people have speculated that maybe she was roofied. Yeah, I was going to say, so does she have other friends at the time? I mean, like, was that her character? She was a grab him by the balls, take him in the bathroom kind of girl. I don't think so because they said she was shy. So I'm like, well, listen, you could just have a moment. I mean, it happened to me last night. (laughs) It totally did. And it could have, but I will tell you, I also got roofied at Cal Poly. One jungle juice down. And I was lucky enough that I was lucid enough when this random guy asked me to walk me home to my dorm that I was like, uh, let me ask my friends. And they were like, uh, no, thank you. So I almost think that she was roofied. Um, and I don't really know how roofies because you totally like you forget everything. Right. So I don't know if it makes you like a little freaky at first, which I have heard it does because I know somebody that takes it for like sex. Yeah, I've heard that. Sometimes people do it like on purpose. Yeah. You root for yourself? Yeah, maybe it's kind of like microdosing, you know, like that whole uh, shrooming. Oh my people God, are microdosing right now. Yeah, so technical. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know my drugs, I guess, somehow. I don't do them. I just know them. 
So maybe people microdose the GHB. I do know somebody that also overdosed on GHB and didn't wake up. So it's not a good idea. I do not suggest oh, no, doing not, that. That's ever. not a good drug. No. Yeah, no. So although she's seen flirting with guys at one point, she's also seen on the floor in the hallway with another solo party goer named Paul Flores. Paul also had just stumbled upon the party, not knowing anybody. He was a freshman living in the dorms, just like Kristen. And when Paul had nothing to do that night, he downed a couple beers in his dorm room, went on a walk to his sister's house and saw this party going on. So he knocked on the door and said, Hey, can I join? And I'm telling you, people in Cal Poly are nice. They were like, sure, come on in. So they see Kristen on the floor and Paul on top of her, but nobody kind of knows if like she fell over how like it happened, but it seemed like it was real quick. Like they got up right then at about two o'clock in the morning, a couple other party goers were leaving and they see Kristen passed out on the lawn of the neighbor's home. These two people were named Cheryl Anderson and Tim Davis. So they wake up Kristen and she is out of it. Like cannot walk on her own. So they start assisting her back to her dorm When Paul Flores, that guy was on top of her, comes out of nowhere and says, oh, I got her. I'll walk her back. They were like, "Mm, no, we got it. Let's all go together. Aren't we all going to the dorms? Well, Tim was actually not going to the dorms. His car was parked, so he takes off. So it's Cheryl, Paul, and Kristen. They keep walking. Paul's holding Kristen kind of on her waist, holding her up. And he keeps kind of stopping. And Cheryl's like, what are they doing? And He's like, Cheryl, it's okay. I'll just, I got her. I got her. Cheryl's like, we're going the same way. So she's holding back, just walking with them. Once they get to a corner where Cheryl's dorm room is to the right, Paul and Kristen's dorm rooms are to the left. Cheryl parts ways. Before she parts ways, she says, you know, you got her. You're going to take her back to her dorm. Paul says, no problem. I'm going to take her. Don't worry about it, but can I get a kiss? Cheryl's like, no, fuck you, creep. Oh, I just, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. I know. And so he's like, okay, how about just a hug? A good night hug. We don't negotiate for affection. That's disgusting. It's so gross. Yeah. So she declines again and doesn't look back, right? I think the guy is missing like social cues on when to hit on girls. Yeah. So I'll get more into his behavior, but he's dissed by Cheryl. And he goes on his way with Kristen. What Paul tells the investigators is from this point, he left Kristen and let her walk back to her dorm herself. Seems a little strange when she could barely even walk. So that's my number one red flag. Like you let her walk home alone. Really? There's no way. There's no freaking way. So she didn't make it back to her dorm room. The next day, Margarita goes, knocks on the door. Kristen's not there. Kristen's roommate comes back. She was out of town and notices that Kristen's bed still has her ID, her room key, not Margarita's room key, but Kristen's that she left and all her stuff still sitting on her bed untouched. They were worried, but you know, the times were a little different. There was no cell phones to call or text. And the only kind of online activity that you would have is like aim on your desktop. You know, remember that AOL instant messenger. That's right. Kids. (laughs) So they didn't really think much of it. They were like, well, maybe she spent the night somewhere. And then after the next day, when she didn't come home, they were like, holy shit, something's going on. So the roommate and Margarita call campus police to report Kristen missing and campus police kind of dismiss it. They're like, maybe she just went camping or something else. They call her parents and they're like, or they actually thought that maybe she went back home to Stockton and her parents are like, no, like where the fuck is our daughter? That's not like her. And she always called home on Sundays and she didn't call home. So they were like, something's going on. So a few days, they just left it until Margarita and the roommate call again. And they're like, what the fuck? Like something is going on. 
Oh, those are good friends. Dude, could you imagine? Like, if you were not there, I'd be like, what? Get to work, people. (laughs) (laughs) So they start retracing Kristen's steps. And they know that the last person she has been seen with was this freshman named Paul Flores. So let's get into Paul for a second. They already knew about Paul because he had a previous report against him of peeping on girls at the dorm. Oh, God. He, I didn't know that. Yes. He climbed up the terrace to like stalk these girls like fucking pervert. Oh, that's crazy. And then after that, he would like call their room over and over and over and over and over and not say anything. And they knew these girls were like, we know it's him. He's a fucking creep. Oh, my God. Is that not like the scariest part of a movie when the like the part there, the girl is like in that house (laughs) and he's like, he's like, put down your apple. And she's like, he can save me. (laughs) Are they breathing? They're like, scary as fuck. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah. So there's another red flag. I mean, come on. So they interview Paul May 30th. And guess what? He's got a freaking black eye. Black eye. Okay. And scratches on his hands and legs. And they're like, hey, buddy, how'd you get that black eye? Yeah. He's like, oh, I got it at a basketball game that I had on Monday, which was three days after he saw Kristen. He also said he didn't know Kristen, but he knew a Roxy. And he was insistent on the fact that he did not walk her past the spot that he left Cheryl and just left her there to walk home alone. This episode is sponsored by Astapro. Thanks, Astapro, for providing Tab and I with samples. Shout out to all my allergy suffering friends out there. You know how they say it's that time of year for allergies? Well, for me, it sort of feels like it's always that time of year. I thought I had tried everything until I recently discovered Astapro. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. It's faster, bro. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Clink, clink. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. So now I'm at red flag number three. I mean, her room was 40 yards away from where they left. So that's still a pretty decent amount to walk by yourself. Well, yeah. And can't Cheryl just say like, no, he, we, he agreed to walk yeah, the rest of the she way. Did. She did. Yeah. So he didn't say anything more on that interview. He didn't actually say anything more for weeks 
they did do a second interview uh, where they interviewed Paul. They also made attempts to interview people that were at the party, but it wasn't until everybody moved out of the dorms because, you know, school was over like the next week that they conducted a search of Paul's room. At this point, Paul's room had been professionally cleaned. Like none of his shit was there anymore. The bed was still there. college kid does that. But, and, but like all the sheets, everything like gone. Yeah. So campus police had actually turned the case over to the San Luis police department and their sheriff's department for help. Which thank God. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think the campus police has like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not dissing any police officers, but I'm just saying like, I don't know how trained they are on forensics. You get my, my drift. Oh no. And when somebody's missing, you want to pull in the big guns. Yeah, probably. Like, I don't probably even want my like, local police department. I want like the FBI. I, know. I want like, I know. like bring them in. Yeah. And probably like days after, maybe a day after you go missing, not weeks after. Yeah. So they bring in a group of trained canine dogs whose specialty is to sniff human decomposition. Okay. There are these chemicals that are excreted moments after death that these dogs can pick up on. There were four total dogs with separate handlers that roamed the halls of the dorms. They didn't know anything. Okay. They didn't go just to Paul's dorm. Paul's, you know, they went to all of them. Oh, okay. They go up and down the halls and the dogs don't do anything until they get to Paul Flores's room and they fucking go ballistic separately. Each dog separately. Like one dog was not there when the other dog was not there. You know what I'm saying? Like interesting. The yeah. first one they go bring in dog goes ballistic out the door. They open the door to Paul's room and he goes straight to the mattress in the corner of Paul and Paul's mattress. Yeah. Barking, barking, barking. They send that dog out. They bring another dog with a different handler, has no idea about any of it. Same shit. Same room, same bed, same corner. They pull the mattress out, bring another dog. Same room, same corner. So I think this is huge, but I guess the courts don't see it that way. They're like, dogs can't testify. Well, yeah. Isn't that crazy? No? Yeah. So they kind of know that Paul's the prime suspect and he's real looking real guilty as F, but police work is critical and crucial and it's kind of like finding the right doctor. If they mess up, it could be messed up forever. So although there's a ton of red flags on this Paul character, I think you all know that Paul has not been convicted. Kristen has not been found. Paul is not sitting behind bars yet with a life sentence. So they just keep interviewing people and they interview Paul's roommate who says, Oh yeah. Yeah. He had a black eye, not from the basketball. He had it on Saturday. Another friend says, yeah, he had it on Saturday. And he said, he doesn't know how he got, he just woke up with it. So they interview Paul again on June 19th. So now we have Paul only interviewed May 30th and June 19th. The incident happened May 25th. Okay. Well, can I ask a question here? If they went through the trouble of having the dogs do all of that, did they not um, confiscate that mattress? They weren't able to pull any DNA off of it? They didn't do that. They They didn't forensically test it. I mean, I guess this was a hot minute ago. 1996. Yeah. There but were, still, there are so many botched things in this case. Like, had they searched Paul's room, like that very day that they got called, and they knew that she was with him, they probably could have taken that stuff. And even if today they had the sheets or whatever, I bet you her DNA is on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. even if they couldn't have found something, then. Years later, not even they'd that be many able years. To, yeah, they'd yeah. be able to find it now. Yeah, yeah. not even that many years mm-hmm. later, you know? So during the second interview, 
they confront him on his misinformation on his black eye. And he says, yeah, okay, so sorry. I was embarrassed to say how I actually got it. And I actually got it on Saturday night, pulling a speaker out of my car after midnight, which also doesn't make sense because his friend said they saw it Saturday day before that. So they press him pretty hard in this interview and they say, we know that you know what happened to her, but he doesn't break. At one point, he kind of like shoves his arms into his shirt and kind of goes fetal position. And they thought he was going to break, but he didn't. He was like, it's just kind of like an asshole. And he's like, if you, if you're so smart, then tell me where her body is. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So they comb the hills of Cal Poly side. They like over the years, they kind of, they do some more interviews. They do some searches. Her parents, by the way, are always searching, you know, yeah, as any parents would. Sure. His roommate, Derek Say, who was out of town, remember I told you, for the weekend. So he wasn't there. If Kristen was there, he was gone. But when he got back and heard about it, he was joking with Paul and he was like, hey, Paul, what did you do with her? And Paul says, she's at my mom's house having lunch. And you know what, Gretchen? I think he might be right. Because in Paul's initial (sighs) interview on the 30th, he mentioned to the investigators that he had to finish up some concrete work at his mom's house. Oh, God. So Paul is a real weird cat. Like, he's real strange. He's been real strange since high school, college, post-college. And Chris Lambert interviews a couple people on his podcast that said that Paul was a really bad stutterer. Is that how you say it? Stutterer? I'm kind of stuttering. Yeah. Okay. Um, Especially around girls. And it went away when he drank. This is probably why he. Interesting. I think, I feel like I've heard that before. That, that like, well, maybe it just calms your nervous system, right? Something. Yeah. So people say he drank by himself in his dorm room a lot, Mm. which he did the night of Kristen's disappearance. And they also say that he often would just crack open a few beers and then wander the streets. He didn't have many friends at school, just a couple guys that were actually like a lot older than him, uh, like eight years older than him. Multiple people say that he had this like glazed look in his bulgy eyes that was really creepy. And I've known people like that where you just something's off, right? He, although he's name is Flores. He was real white skinned, like blonde, blonde hair, blue, blue eyes and white, like almost albino looking. His dad, his dad is Mexican and his mom is white, but he took on, maybe he is albino. I don't know, but that's how people kind of describe him. Okay. Now when you see him, I wouldn't say that. Like he looks kind of, I don't know. Have you seen his picture? No, I mean, I'm sure I have, but I, it, it's not coming to no. mind, but he sounds interesting. Yeah, he's 5'10", not a huge person. Seems like he's kind of just like a loner kid showing up places by himself, even in high school would just show up to parties by himself. Okay. I kind of see this guy by everybody being like, oh, there's that harmless weirdo that maybe will snap one day. Maybe, yeah. His behavior towards women was really odd. He all like often asked for kisses and affection without. I don't like that. I know. It's really weird. Um, I think I knew a guy like this in high school and I thought like maybe he would just grow out of it by college. You know, he was known in high school as scary Paul. That okay. means anything. And by college, he graduated to the nickname of Chester the Molester. Uh. So June 1996, Paul flunks out of Cal Poly, moves back home to Arroyo Grande, which is really close to Cal Poly. I would say, what, 20 yes. minutes? Maybe. Not Something even. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the police finally, after weeks and weeks and maybe even after a month, they were like, maybe we should search Paul's parents' house. Because that's where he said he was the very next day that Kristen, or actually that same it was after two in the morning. So that very day that Kristen went missing. 
So they finally search um, Paul Paul's parents' house, the home of Susan and Ruben Flores. But what they didn't know at the time was that they also had a rental property that Susan was living in because she was separated from Ruben at the time because Ruben is an abusive asshole. And when I say abusive, like he broke Susan's ribs before. Oh, yeah. That kind of abuse. Yeah. So when they search the home, they don't find much, but honestly, they didn't look very hard. They didn't even bring a forensic team with them. What they did find, which I think is alarming, is they found three newspaper articles about Kristen's disappearance hidden under three different mattresses in the house. Weird. From from here, the investigation just kind of plummeted. The sheriff comes out publicly and says that unless Paul talks, we don't have anything else to go on. So why would Paul talk? He knows. Yeah. 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 Like He knows. Kristen's parents are not about to give up. Kristen's dad is down in San Luis Obispo searching high and low for his daughter like every freaking weekend. Could you imagine? No. I don't want to. Yeah. So over the months, the investigators just gather more statements and interviews. And Kristen's parents are like, we're going to hire a private investigator and we're going to file a wrongful death suit against Paul Flores. The problem is, is that I guess when you have an open and active case, your civil suit cannot go to trial. Okay. So they did depose Paul um, for this suit and he pleaded fifth to every single question. I think 27 questions or more. That's kind of smart. Even to the point where is your name Paul Flores? I plead the fifth. Yeah. I plead yeah. the fifth. It, yeah. It actually makes you want to punch him in the face when you listen to it. Cause it's like, yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it worked, dude. I mean, it worked for a while. Because- I do like that about civil suits that you get to depose the person. So they have to talk. Yeah. Except for if they plead like, the fifth. Well, like, well, yeah, that's true. But at least you get, you know, a face-off like, you know, the Goldmans yeah. did with OJ. Yeah, yeah, true. So Kristen's mom also sends Susan Flores a letter begging her for her help. Oh. She puts pictures of Kristen in the letter, and just like anybody just would, it's like, please help us. Like, we know that you know something. Yeah. And you know what this Susan bitch does? She sends it back to Kristen's mom and says, if I wanted to see pictures of your daughter, I would have asked for them. Oh, okay, bitch. I would, I would punch her. <laughs> Just say. So years go by until there's been like some pop-ups, but nothing, nothing in the case, nothing significant. And tell your own backyard podcast by this Chris Lambert. He dedicates his life to this and people start to talk. He talked to everybody. He also put the puzzle pieces together because you've got the private investigators having some information. You've got the police department having some information. You've got the sheriff's department having some other information. And then you have like people that didn't even get interviewed having information. Right. Chris got them all. I mean, there's, there's a lot of information that he couldn't pull because it's an active case, but this guy got this little Arroyo Grande town up in arms and it freaking worked grudgy because so impressive. Guess what? What? They went to Paul's house, Ruben's house the sister's house, the mom's house this year or not this year. Sorry. Last year, 2020. And they actually did a full investigation, which I'm like, remember we talked about this on the podcast or on the Patreon. I was like, there is no way they could find anything yet. 
or anything anymore. But I didn't think about this. They confiscated all of their electronics. And I have a feeling that there is something on those electronics that's going to put his ass in prison for life. Because I think when you get nervous about somebody doing a podcast on you and and find start Googling shit, how to move a body. I think so. I think yeah. her body was actually moved maybe once or twice already, but I think they're going to find something because they had enough. They excavated the backyard and they did say, I mean, it does say that they, they see something where there might've been a body somewhere, but I have a feeling like there's also some information on those, those computers. So there was a lot of missteps in the, in the case, you know, they let Paul's room be cleaned. They didn't search it for weeks. They didn't search the floor as his home without forensics. They also, so in that home that, um, they think Kristen's body is, was the one that I told you the concrete was poured. Mm-hmm. There were tenants in that home after Susan went back to Reuben, which big mistake, big Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it's sad. I mean, we're really ragging on all of them, but it is just hurt people, hurt people. The cycle repeats and he is a product of his environment. Paul? Yeah, sounds like. Yeah, I think so. I think so. There is a woman that is interviewed Chris's podcast that lived in the home of Paul and Susan's Flores's house. And she said that every night or every morning at 420, she would hear a watch alarm outside of her bedroom door or her bedroom window, like beep, 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 beep for months. And that mm-hmm. is the time that Kristen would have been waking up to go to her shift as a lifeguard. And oh she said they even like her and her mom kind of tried to dig down, but there was cement. Like they put cement under a bed of flowers. And she's like, why would they do that? Like, why would they make flower beds and put cement first? If you're not trying to hide something, she also found an earring. This woman found an earring in the driveway and it had like blood stain on it with like a fingerprint, like half of, she's like, it's like half of a fingerprint. She's like, it matched Kristen's necklace. That's in the billboard. There's a billboard of her. So she handed it over to the police department. Yeah. They lost it. You're kidding me. Oh my God. Not kidding you. The, the mistakes that they made were so massively huge that yeah, it made Paul a free man for 25 years. So it ran him out of town, right? Okay. So here's another thing. Wouldn't you think it would have ran his parents out of town? They have gotten so much hate mail, like people outside of their house. They live kind of in a rule, like you have to drive up this crazy drive to get to their house, but people have sat outside their house. They have harassed them because they know that they have something to do with this poor girl. Um, but they have never moved and they have those houses. They have never like, I don't know. I I have this feeling that they didn't move because there's something with in that house that has to do with Kristen. Um, but it did, Paul did move. He actually went and worked at Outback Steakhouse. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. Yep. In 1997, Gretchy. I'm like, oh, we could have been working with the freaking guy. True. I know. And he was creepy to them. They interviewed some girl at Outback. She was like, yeah, he's a, he was a creep. And he tried to, he tried to like molest her. Oh my God. I mean, he's, he's got a real bad rap. So he got fired from Outback. And when people find out who he is, they kind of fire him. So I don't know what he's been doing. He's, he looks like a total bum when they arrested him, but they, but good news is they have him under arrest for murder and they have his father under arrest for assisting. So they know something. They know yeah, like, that's the thing, right? I yeah, but we don't know what they know. We don't know what they know. But I want to say, Tab, that because everyone was sending us this, like, can you believe this is finally 
a thing. It didn't he move to San Pedro, yes. California, which yes, is not right far by your husband. That's right where my husband works. Yes. Yeah. So very interesting. You could drive by his house. He's not I there could. anymore. He's in the clink. Yeah. But I cannot wait to see what exactly they have. I mean, you could you could follow um your own backyard podcast because he he's like he goes to the hearings and sits there and he's still dedicating his life to this. Which more power to Gosh, him. I mean, I'm sure her parents must be so grateful. He's such a nice guy. And I hope they... Oh, remember, he's so nice. He they get like, some justice. I, I, At first, I thought they were not going to, Gretchen. But after kind of researching this case and seeing... I know it's all circumstantial um, yeah. at this point that we know of. And there's no body. But... I I have a really good feeling that this guy's going to be put behind bars. Yeah. Maybe not his dad. Because how do you prove that? Like there's a, there's, there's so much more to it. Like he, he got, um, I mean, Chris does, Chris goes down a rabbit hole of rabbit holes, but he got a new truck bed liner right after, um, another, another truck, Went missing, got stolen. You know what I wish they would have done is knowing that it's him and you don't have that much evidence. What I would have done if I was a lady boss detective is put a little heat on him so he knows we're watching you Mm -hmm. and then be like surveilling him like he's bugged. So he's going to he's going to slip up and say something to his daddy or, you know, whatever. Okay, so I don't know how. I don't know how they do that, but I was thinking that maybe they do that on the TV shows. I know. I I am thinking that maybe they did do that after the oh, podcast. It's so. like, oh, here's our chance to like bug him. Yeah. He's got to call his dad, be like, Are you sure there's you know, no way that they could find her or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, she's not in the backyard anymore of their house. Um, Chris goes into a lot of it, like how concrete was pulled up after that. And so I think she was moved at one point. Um, and it's rural out there. There's a lot of just places to hide a body. Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever find her, but that's what we know so far. Um, but it's a good, it's good. It's good news. Well, I can't wait to keep, I can't wait to keep hearing about it Yeah, and, and what we learn in the future and hopefully he's, you know, there's a trial and a situation. Oh my God. It'd be, I would love him to just plead guilty. That'd be great. Oh, I know. So I want to give a big shout out to, um, a Chrissy that's not an Eda Dick Chrissy. Okay. We hung out with her last night and that was really fun, but you know, we always say like, we always like Chrissy's a Karen, but she's not a Karen. Or a Chrissy, okay, but she is a Chrissy. Okay. Tracy, you know our friend Tracy. He gave us hey, a Tracy. shout out, and he um, just had cancer treatment. So, oh. um, good luck. I told him good luck. That he said it went really successful. So awesome. Oh, keep on keeping on. Also, Jess Kid is using our tip about the bananas water and her plants are looking real fine. It's good. Thank you for the shout out for that. Um, also Teresa, thank you for our shout out. Um, nervous Urbis. <laughs> That's a funny name. Thank you. V Christine. Thank you. Tracy. No name. Thank you. Also different Tracy, by the way, figured <laughs> faith. Anne. thank you so much. Uh, Ciara, oh my gosh, you're you're too cute, Ciara. Um, and Lydia, thanks, Lydia, and Mandy J. I think I got them all. You guys, if you would like to shout us out, we'll shout you out. Thank you so much. Also, our friend Marina is getting married this weekend. Congratulations, Marina. Marina, it's also my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Oh. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. On Thursday. On Thursday. Yes. I'm going to be um, 40 again. That's right. 
I bought you a present and I forgot it. Oh, you. you Such know, a loser. Getting forgetful. Such I am. A loser. Okay. Follow us on Housewives of True Crime. This week we are not having YouTube because we couldn't get it together, you guys. We are like, do it. so we're so lame. And you really don't want to see us right now anyway. <laughs> no, you don't. We are haggard as fuck. Um so I don't even want to see myself. You don't want to see yourself? I don't I'm not liking what I'm seeing right now. I'm looking at me. <laughs> it's it's real. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna pee in my pants and I got a damn plane okay, to catch. Clink, clink. Bye. Clank clank. <laughs>